Hey, what it do with the business is? It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Snap. I am Spike Lou, wherever you find me in the social streets, the tweet streets, Facebooking, Instagramming, all of those good things. How you feeling out there? Man, I'm feeling good, feeling great. Finally got me a haircut. I don't believe that you bald. Beard. What happens? Grown what happens have beards, when you go sir? to the barbershop? <laughs> that nigga smack you in the back of the head and charge you ten bucks. <laughs> this is for grown men with grown men with beard conversation, uh, sir. Beard maintenance. Okay, I got you. Like you I, shave your neck and stuff. I couldn't take it. I had to get a. I had to get a fucking cut, dude. Like whiskers all in my food and shit. When I'm trying to eat, mm. this was some slaw. You can you can trim it up at home, but it ain't nothing like a barber cut. Though. Yeah, no, nah, I got to get it the official like tissue. Um, how was the barber shop with people social distancing? Did your barber have a mask on? Yeah, yeah, they definitely had. They were masked up in there for show, and um, you couldn't. There were no seats, so what? you had to wait in wait outside. Mm. Would you come in and take a number or something? Nah, <laughs> nah, for VIP status. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Red carpet rolled out when I pull yeah. up, son. Gotcha. That makes sense. Not. Uh, another week in the books for the On Day TV podcast, man. This week, what we're talking about, uh, 50 Cent still raising eyebrows with his comments during a recent conversation with Lil Wayne. That's your man's. Also, <laughs> during that conversation or somewhere thereafter, Lil Wayne confirms that Carter Six is on the way. Mm. Can he still move the meter? And the king of the South. He's looking for some competition, and he calls out your favorite bully. But first and foremost, mm-hmm. yeah, man. <laughs> I've been getting DMs all day. Make sure you give it to Animal Brown. Don't give him no brace because this is this guy, Kanye West. In Kanye West fashion, <laughs> announced his presidential run for 2020, five months before the election. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you as a Kanye West stan, apologist, whatever other uh, adjective goes with your love and adoration, admiration for Kanye West. Is it irresponsible for him to use his platform to say he's running for president for album promo? Absolutely not. Listen, man, listen, he dropped this single last week uh, featuring Travis Scott, which is tough. Mm. And what's is it? Yeah, it's banging. What's a better way to promote your album than rehashing the I'm running for president bombshell he dropped about two years ago? Like oh, shit. People ate that shit up then. They're going to eat that shit up now. 
I'm not sure why people even this even made news. It was a it was a bullshit tweet that he put out. He's tweeted a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. He's tweeted a lot of things that have not come to fruition. I have stopped paying attention to his tweets that don't have accompanying links with them to shoes for the last <laughs> three years, dude. If it don't mm-hmm. got a link, I'm not paying attention. And no, he's not running for president. I don't believe it. I also don't believe he did this to take votes away from Biden so Trump can get reelected and uh, stop, stop the bullshit, stop the cap, stop hanging on to every single syllable in his tweets and in the words that he says, dude, we don't have to keep doing this. This is my mm-hmm. guy, the single is fire. I'm looking forward to the album, but just don't take this for nothing more than it is, which is album promo. That's all. <laughs> and you say we don't have to keep doing this. Is that, what do you mean? People every like this made waves across news outlets as if uh-huh. you could just wake up and tweet that you're going to run for president uh, 200 days in advance of the fucking election, dude. Like, stop, uh-huh. bro. He's nobody. Stop. Stop. the well, fucking madness. To answer most people's question, can he even do this? Technically, there is a way. Yes. He would have to register as an independent and he would have to be listed at an independent party. Um do, by doing so, no independent party has ever won. Uh, but they have they have uh, been able to curtail votes away from the leader and make races much closer than they usually are, even flip the election. So that's the thought process when people who follow politics and think that, you know, if he's actually being truthful, if he does run and puts himself on that independent ballot, that it could could lean the scales in Trump's uh, favor. So that's what that means. And that's not far-fetched. And the reason that I say that's not far-fetched is because when you go and call Kanye, uh, excuse me, call Donald Trump your dad and you wear the MAGA hat and you do these things, like people throw you in the conspiracy theory realm. You don't get to say that I don't follow politics. I just like his energy. Like you can't, you can't do that once you've committed in in this world that Donald Trump is in, or that people that follow that are in. So I don't think it's far fetched for them to throw the conspiracy theories out there about it. But I, like you, I didn't even give it the time of day when it crossed my. I thought it was old news. I was like, didn't we already go over this? I mean, we had a whole episode about it. Exactly. And I didn't understand what was new. And I do find myself irritated more so now than ever with people because there's nothing, not a lot to talk about. There's not a lot of sports protest things have died down some. So it's not a lot of news. Kanye West comes out and say he's running for president. Instead of people just dismissing and say it's Kanye being Kanye, it grows legs. It grows legs because people hate Trump and they want to get Trump out of office and they think he's a conspiracy. Like all the stuff that we've talked about. I don't blame Kanye West for that. Uh, in this situation, I mean, people know how I feel about Kanye West to listen to this show. I don't blame him for this, though. I mean, he's doing what he does, his job as a rapper. He was the first person to stand up on the tables and rap his bars for people that didn't believe in him and do all these outlandish things. Should he marry Kim Kardashian for promo, if you ask me? Yeah. If you really want to dig into it. So it's not far-fetched that he would do this. Is it dangerous? Is it irresponsible with his platform? I mean, it's of expectation, I think. I don't think that it's more dangerous than anything else he's did. So he he's lined himself up with these things. I'm just surprised that people continuously react to it in the way that they do and take it as seriously. So I guess I kind of agree with what you're saying. To be fair, he did say this before a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. 
So it's not as what? it's not as if Biden came out and said I'm running, and then Kanye woke up and said, "Oh, I'm about to run too, so that way I can take votes away from." Biden. No, he said this before Biden even announced that he was running for president. So well, but that okay, my bad. I didn't mean to no, no. He, he said that to Kanye 2020. He said that about two years ago. True, but what people uh, who say that he would be stealing the votes by coming in this late is Donald Trump is down. He's down a lot if you follow politics, and it's it's believable that he may lose unless something drastic changes the stakes and as this was being reported and this has started to grow legs on cnn and fox news and things like that kanye west comes out and says he's going to run for president so that's how i think people tie the two together you're right two years ago he did come out and say it shouldn't be new but with everything else that was in the zeitgeist and his support for trump i think it's how it grew the legs the second time around but still i don't i don't know why people pay attention to it if he came out and said reparations for <laughs> black foundational Americans. <laughs> Are you voting for Kanye West? I'm, I wouldn't dare vote for Kanye West. And like family people, Kanye West is a great artist. He's a great businessman. He, he knows how to garner attention. If people think that Trump is bad, fam, let Kanye West in office and watch what happens then. Like I, I, that I don't be think nuts. That, it would be crazy. As, and, and like I say, there may be uh, celebrities that can do it. I'm not just saying it's not a job that celebrities that can't do. But Kanye West has shown his temperament throughout the years, his emotion throughout the years. Him being president and have to conduct business affairs that affected all of our lives. Damn, I wouldn't hold my breath for that in the slightest. Hey man, if 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 the dude in the office can do that now, then Kanye West can do it. I don't think so. Shit. I don't. I, you think that that Kanye West could do a better job than Donald Trump? Yeah. Really? They both have equal amount of of uh, political experience coming into this shit. <laughs> so yes, I think it. you you think you don't think that when you talk about stability. Not saying that Donald Trump is a stable person at all, but Kanye West may be the only other person in the world that's less stable than him. He gonna come in, <laughs> and and he gonna he gonna go ahead and admit all, everything leading up to this was just a shuck to get in and get black people rich, and I'm here for it. Let's get it. He gonna, <laughs> he gonna get the greatest in con of all time. He gonna get in and hire Barack to to do it for eight more years. That's what he would do. <laughs> just get in and hire Barack. That would be the smartest thing. If he ran for president and he was like, y'all elect me, I'm just going to let Barack win the country for eight years. Y'all make sure y'all check out that throwback. Y'all check out that throwback episode, though. We did do a full episode on Kanye running for president, but it was also which rapper could run for president and who would be successful at it. It was actually pretty dope. Y'all check that out. Yeah, it was dope. Very Uh, dope. What we got next? Next up, man, Lil Wayne's latest guest on Young Money Radio was none other than 50 Cent. And the interview was as controversial as you'd expect. 50 caught flack for a few things, uh, namely him speaking on the backlash he gets for the type of women he dates, and mm. even threw a few shots at Rick Ross and Meek Mill. Are you surprised that 50's antics still make headlines? 50 knows just the right buttons to push. I'm not surprised at all that his antics move headlines because, as we both mentioned on this uh, show, his new book, what's the name of the book? Business or whatever. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. He talked about 
being able to move the meter and doing the things that make people uncomfortable because it doesn't affect him. He doesn't care. He don't care what you think about him as long as you're talking about him, good or bad. He said that in the book. Helps him move. It, it helps his product, 50 Cent. So with that being said, I feel like he knows exactly what he's saying when he says this. When he says uh, it's not a neighborhood girl, it's a bitch off the boat, and and when he's in that context, he knows it's going to piss people off. He knows the social media is going to go crazy about this, and he knows people are going to talk about uh, colorism and, and the conversations that move the meter. I think that 50 Cent is savvy enough to notice. This is what keeps his brand hot. This is why we talk about 50 Cent today. So when he comes on here and he says this, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And I disagree with him still having to use these methods to move the meter. 50 is a smart businessman. He, this is divisive. This is the same reason why people don't like Donald Trump. Like I think that you know, and I don't know about Trump, but in 50's situation, he knows better. Like I, I've heard him speak, like I said in this book, about knowing what buttons to push and how people respond. So when I hear him say things like this, I think... I have to think that he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows he's going to piss people off, and I don't think that that's right. At this stage in his career, at 44 years old, these ain't the budgets that you should be trying to push. Don't be provocative with your own people and divisiveness amongst uh, light skin and dark skin. I don't, I don't think that that was a good move for him. Yeah, listen, the optics of what he said, it's not a good look. Um, I understood what he meant in what he said, uh, but he's got this shit down to a science. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, nobody should be surprised that he's good at, at antics. Like where have you been at? Have you been living on a rock for the last 15 years? Like this is what he does. He even found ways to throw shots at Puff, uh, Ross. He, he found ways to throw shots in his own book Big about meal. business. Uh, not even, I, I'm oh, going to get to that oh, in just a second. Oh, yeah. He dissed them in the book, real low key. Like so, that's what he does. I did think it was interesting that he echoed what Takashi said about Meek Mill, uh, which was, "How are you talking about prison reform, and your manager is a snitch, and you're signed to a former correctional officer?" I thought that was interesting. Um, oh, stupid! That's I mean, stupid. Why you have you have to tell me why that is stupid? What does that have to do with Meek's prison reform efforts? Like Meek. All Meek is trying to do is get people that shouldn't be in jail or that are serving long, too long of sentences or that were uh, affected by the system the way that he was with his parole hearing uh, and parole situation with that judge. He's trying to help those people. But they ain't got nothing to do with snitching. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. And only someone like Takashi 69 that doesn't know anything about streets or have a code, I feel like would say that and then 50 would double down on it just trying to be provocative. Actually, I don't think that that has any merit. What he was saying, what that in addition to that, because that is that is true with everything you just got through saying. But he was saying that you're he he was on ten against Takashi, mm -hmm. but his manager is on record for telling on a, a bunch of people way back in the day. So it, mm -hmm. just saying is hypocritical. And then on top yep. of that, you're you're on one side of the fence with the street music, and then you're on the other side of the fence because you signed to a former correctional officer. And we know, listen, man, we've went through this a million times. Ross was a correctional officer for about six months. It looked mm -hmm. crazy in the picture with him holding the certificate. But like, I don't, uh, bro, I don't, I, I don't really take that shit too seriously. It looked like a job. Um, <laughs> like yeah, I mean that's not a big deal. Yeah, at all. they just become COs just to get a, a gig and they. <laughs> Especially as the years have passed and we've gotten older, yeah, really, it's, like, really I think it's a job. It's funny, but you it's know? just a job. It's funny. It's very funny. Uh, but back to the 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 the, the Rock Nation chick. 
the CEO, what's the name? Juan, Juan something. Is that? Yeah, Juan Perez, his wife. So she wore a wire and helped the DEA and FBI catch major drug traffickers from Colombia. She also went to Colombia with a wire and helped them acquire, like, people that were known drug runners. Damn. Um, she not manages Meek Mill. I mean, she's the CEO of Rock Nation. She doesn't just manage Meek Mill. Like, she's the CEO of Rock Nation. She was the COO of Rockefeller. Mm. So... I don't think that Meek Mill can go into her. Like, he's not walking into Jay-Z's office and being like, fam, I'm only signing with Rock Nation if you fire her because she wore a wire in 95 to get these big drug traffickers locked. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you can sign with somebody man. else. Yeah, okay, go sign with somebody. Go sign with 50 Cent then. See how that works out for you, my <laughs> nigga. Y'all go, y'all go keep it real over there. You'll be right there with him on TV with Lil Wayne causing fucking ruckus about nothing and not making music. This is another one of those situations. Like, when Takashi brought this up, I dismissed it. And I looked more into it when 50 repeated it because I was like, okay, well, maybe he's married to it. But I just don't I don't think that that applies to what people say when they say not snitching. I don't I, I didn't find much more information about what she had going on and how she even got put in that situation, but Meek Mill didn't have he don't got more leverage than she got. He ain't in no position is my point in that to say I don't want to work with her. It doesn't matter how he feels about her. And I'm sure he maybe not even noticed. I am Meek Mill don't seem like the type of nigga that Google people he working with. He's just like, "Okay, you do this, cool." First of uh, all, <laughs> wearing a wire is snitch protocol. Let's not act like we don't facts. know. We don't this know is that. facts. But, man, listen, these people were in Columbia. They were big drugs. I don't know <laughs> what was going on. Like, this is some narcos type shit. So, <laughs> I, right. I will say the backlash 50 caught about the who he dates line people. Like, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes just a little bit. I don't know 50 personally. He might not like black women or himself or I, I don't know i don't know the nigga strictly based on his comments people were reaching just ever so slightly in the shade room comments i, I mean i seen i seen everything i seen you everything mean? from he hates himself to he hates black people he hates black women <laughs> he i was like okay like I, it was a 32 second clip i'm not sure how people went from a to z like that but that's not what he was saying in the clip. And people just have to relax a little bit. Again, I understand the optics. The optics did not sound good to be real. But if you listen to what he was saying, he wasn't saying anything abnormal. And and I need people to just listen to a little bit. Whoa, that was, that was abnormal, though. No, that it was, wasn't. Black women are exotic as well, though. Like you can't Exactly. Say, he didn't say they weren't. He said that this chick don't look like she came from the neighborhood. He said it's something exotic. Like right. there are women from the neighborhood that look exotic as well. He was implying that you can't get that look from black women. That was the implication. No, no, no I, I disagree. Yes, with it that. very much was. I disagree was the, with that. Like the you could disagree with it if there weren't previous context of him saying these things. Like he has like alluded to before not liking black women. So when he say you can't get this, this bitch look fresh off a boat, what he's trying to say and how I take it is, oh, well, you can't get this type of bitch from the neighborhood. And you can like black women have exotic looks as well. So I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think I, I don't give him no leeway right there. Exotic, he shouldn't say that. Ex- exotic in that instance, what he was talking about was foreign. That's what he was saying. 
Yeah, actually, no, if you look but up, you, you you're you're giving him that leeway. No, he read the definition of exotic, dude. Google exotic right now and what tell me that say? doesn't say foreign. You tell me, help me out. What does it say? <laughs> I bet you a million dollars foreign is in the definition. I guarantee it, dude. Exotic, I I, originating all, I in think... or characteristic of a distant foreign distant country. Foreign country. And what did he say specifically? What did he say? Uh, he, he said, he said that... what he said was, "There's some sisters who get mad at me." when they see who I'm dating and I say, man, they're exotic. They look, this is something different from what I saw in the hood. That's How what I, I'm saying. You can't, the, the last part, you're good up until it's something different. You, you can have your preference, my nigga. That's fine. Like uh-huh. it's cool. Everybody can have their preference. But when you start to say it's different from what I find in the hood, just like mirror, you talking to someone and say, Hey man, you're articulate. Why? Why? Because I'm black? You didn't think that I could speak this well? No, bro. Like, you, you're putting a blanket statement saying that you can't find that in the hood, and you very much can. Black women Listen. are probably the most exotic women on earth. We understand that. I, I just told you he meant for, that's foreign, though, when he said that's that. Are they the most said. foreign? That's are black women the most foreign? <laughs> it's to, yeah. To oh, my God. Shit. That's not what he said, though. You're telling me what he meant. Like, don't tell me what that's he the meant. Definition he said, of what he said. It. No, 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 no. He said, you can't get this in the hood. That shit looked like it came off a boat. If you just leave the shit at the shit is exotic, then cool. That shit different from the shit you see in the neighborhood. All of the time is when you lose people and people start to attack you and say you're a colorist. Listen, man. That's when you got to leave that part. I'm like, why even add that part? Because what he's what he's saying is, oh, I can't find these type of chicks in the hood. Right. And listen, and that doesn't make them greater or less than. It just makes them different, which is what people need to understand. Uh, that's not what he said. You're saying what? that. You're giving him a lot of leeway, my nigga. Like, you're shooting him a lot of bail. That's exactly what he, he said. The National Bail Association right now. You're the NBA right now. You're the National man. Bail Association. Get this nigga out of jail. I disagree with that. I he, disagree with that. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. His words were literally, this shit is different. That was literally his words. How are you saying that that's not what he said? So that's black exactly women are verbatim what he said. Black women are different? No, he said the exotic shit is different from what he saw <laughs> growing up in Queens. Damn. You remember the first time we went to Miami? Niggas acting real slow right now, nigga. He, first of all, he's not in Miami. Nigga, nigga, fucking Brazil. Where, do you, can you imagine what the fuck? It looks different. Nobody is saying it's better than or greater than. It's different. Oh, I put it like this: everybody has their norms, where they're at, whether uh-huh. that's people, what they eat, the places they go. They, you have norms. If you go someplace else across the country or across the globe. Things are different. What people eat are different. Where people go are different. It doesn't make them better or less than. They're just mm-hmm. different. That's all he's saying. Cool. You bring, trust me. You so go to, I've why been to, add the neighborhood part of it if that's all you're saying? Like, you don't have to be this. It's like when white people say, yeah, but I voted for Barack. Like, I don't care. If you like fuck with black people, you fuck with black people. You don't have to put the disclaimer in there and say, you don't see this. Well, this shit look a lot different from the shit you see in the neighborhood all the time because that's not true. And that's not true because black women are exotic as well. Bruh. That's it. That, that, that's it. You, there is no way around Bruh. that, bro. <laughs> you Damn. can give him all type of bail you want, but black women are exotic as well. My so nigga. you do see that shit in the neighborhood. My nigga. 
I'm telling you. You can shoot the nigga all the bill you want to, bro. We're niggas that have been to Costa Rica, Dominican Mm -hmm. Republic, but they don't look like that in Nashville. And people in Nashville don't (laughs) look like that in Costa Rica. It's the the reverse. Yeah, that's what you're saying. He didn't say that, fam. He's saying you see a lot of sisters go, fuck with this. You fuck with this kind of girl and you fuck with that kind of girl. That shit is exotic. That shit look a lot different than the shit you see in the neighborhood all. all of the time. Leave that off. No, that but that's there's no, leave bro, that off. If, if I grew up in Costa Rica, and then I came uh-huh. to Atlanta, right? People in Atlanta would be exotic to me. Like, right, how right. is that? How do people not understand that? But in the in the conversation, that's a good question. You're absolutely right. If they had been talking about just women in general, if they were just talking about how women look different across the world, then you're absolutely right. He's talking about the type of women that he dates in his preference. And what he's saying, if we want to make if we want to give him leeway and, and looking deeper to what he's saying, as far as how you're shooting him all of this bail, what he's saying here is I date this type of woman because she's exotic and I can't find this around the way. That's not true. You can find this bro. around the way, my nigga. No, listen. <laughs> you can. Listen, if, it's if, as simple as that, bro. Like listen, you can't put that blanket statement on black women and say they don't look exotic. Listen, if I grew up, if I grew up mm. in Costa Rica, they don't. You're not gonna find people that look like that from Atlanta that look like they in Atlanta in Costa Rica, bro. They're not there. They're not. That's true. That's they're the, not it's a there, whole movie. my nigga. You're right. Not. It's a whole movie about it. It's called Coming to America. That's he exactly. Went, he That's left what I'm from saying. Africa to go to Queens to find a different type of woman. Cool. It's whole movies about that. But so you what he's saying find is the reverse stuff. of that. That's all. I don't, I don't agree. And I just coming don't. to America is your favorite movie. So you're just gonna tell me you're, oh. gonna, you're gonna eliminate everything coming to America stood for <laughs> right now because you want to go against the grain. He had Stop. black women in. He had black women in Zumunda. It was That's black women in Zumunda. He was just going to Queens to find exotic black women. <laughs> so boom. He was right there with 56. People got to understand, man. Nigga People... found Lisa right there at McDowell's. How about 50 go to McDowell's? He can find <laughs> Lisa, have all type of exotic bitches. Trust me, we've seen him out with black women and listen. He they, he got those two. He got I can't believe he, he has the pick of what he You got a black for. wife. Who? You you have a black wife. How do your how do your wife feel about this? She understood what I was talking about. But see, here's the thing though, man. This and this is want you to stop talking. Listen. You must have just been pissed off and was like, whatever. This is, this is <laughs> you what took ma- that ass. Listen, this is what makes some people special. All right? They can they can read in between the lines and they have a sense of discernment. And they mm. don't jump off of cliffs based on headlines, dude. But I don't think anyone is jumping off of cliffs. Did you read based the comments? The headlines. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm staying out of there. I know it's a Man, shit show. But, but again, people hate 50 Cent, though. So when he even just teeters on the line, like, you're right. People are going to take with it what they want and go however. He's just got a history that adds to it that makes people go one way or the other with him. You don't have to jump off a cliff of their headline. It's like this what he said is not that offensive. It's wrong. Like he in the context of what he's saying, it's absolutely wrong. But I don't I mean it shouldn't be that offensive, but it's fifty cents. So I mean he got a point. Next up, dude. This nigga's just <laughs> ill. Yeah. Next. All right. Your man's Lil Wayne. I don't know if it's that same interview or somewhere else, but he that everybody know that since he's no longer with Cash Money, that the music is gonna flow. And what does that mean? Carter Six is on the way. You, as the resident Lil Wayne stand, 
Is this a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? I'm going to make this quick. Um, it's a no little deal. deal. It's a little no. deal. No deal. Wayne, Wayne's got some rapping left in him. He's got some rapping left in the tank. What are you basing that off of? The last album. Oh, uh, okay. The last two, actually. Mm. Carter Five and uh, The Funeral were tough. Mm. Um, he needs to do this Carter Six, close out the series on a high note, make it a 12 to 14 track project with some grade A features, mm. top tier production, and he might can squeeze a classic out of this. Mm. Then you walk off into the sunset, dude, and do your Young Money Radio and, and get controversial interviews that people talk about and share across the internet. From and then you get your little Spotify deal and you get the easiest money you've ever made, dude. That he needs to just go ahead and close out the series. There's six projects in the series. That's a nice number. You can wrap it up as the best rapper album series of all time, dude. Do that and it's a little deal. Anything but that is no deal. Best rapper series of all time? If he yeah, if he can close it out on a high note, yeah, for sure. It's Two good albums, Max. Two, two. two. No, Carter no. two and Carter three. No, Carter one. You you skip Carter one. The fuck? What are we talking about? I mean, what? I mean, those are the best two albums, right? Carter, Carter two and Carter three are the best. Okay, Carter one is significantly behind that. Carter one is amazing. It's good. Oh my fucking god. Those two are great. But anyway, with that being said, this isn't a deal at all. It's over for Lil Wayne. He's already done those things that you were talking about. He already has the show with Apple Music. Yeah, so this is no deal at all. Uh, Lil Wayne has already done those things. He's already got the interview show we just talked about with him in 50s, already in the, the dad life. We see Regine out here living life and living her best life. Like Wayne has graduated from music. I don't think that, that I think Carter Five was a cool cap. I don't think that we have to squeeze one more out of it because. He's just not. I haven't heard anything to make me want to hear another full length album for Lil Wayne. You said Carter Five and the Funeral. Tough. I I'm, I don't think that he's interested in doing this. If there was someone around him, maybe that was interested in doing this, and maybe that would be cool. Like if he got with Drake on, if he had a dope ass executive producer. I don't really need the features as much as I would like a dope ass executive producer or like him who? working. Uh, Ross. Ross. Uh, and li- Drake, and listen, if that Drake. Lil Wayne Carter Six got announced tomorrow, executive produced by Rick Ross, yeah, I'm, now I'm we're cooking. That. Yeah, I'm here for that all day, twice on Sundays. Um, Ross, uh, that really would be is. dope. But if it's just Wayne going in there and giving us 26 songs again, no, no. like I, I'm good. The last album. You hit on something when you said it could be a classic if we finally get from Lil Wayne what we want, a short, concise album, more in-depth about him uh, touching on everything that he's dealt with and trying to get this music out over the last couple of years. If there was someone that could bring that stuff out, out of him and then just have him in the booth rapping, then let's go. Similar to like when you, you have everybody working with Alchemist now, yep. one producer, like I would want him to get in that bag. Have it executive produced by somebody, one producer, nine to 12 tracks, boom. Mm. And I don't think he can do that, which is why I say it's a little deal. Because I don't think Wayne thinks on that conceptual level nowadays. He's just rapping, like rapping. 
That's I think true. those days are over for him. And listen, he was born to rap. We just talked about him doing 50 songs in a session not too long ago. Like he's here. He was put on this earth to rap. To rap. So, yes, you're right. If you told him to bottle that up and keep it short and to the point, he might have a tr- he might have trouble doing that. That's without question. But if you think this Carter series is not the best series in rap, you are tripping with no map. Nigga, it's better um, than the Blueprint volume, series. Volume what? I'm, I wasn't even going to say the Blueprint series. I was saying volume one, two, three. It's better than that, too. What? It's better than that. It's not better than volume one, two, three. Those are some volume. of Jay's worst. <laughs> the nigga, nigga volume one, volume. Two, I'm just saying it's not better than that. It's not better than. Uh, it's better than Run the Jewels. All four of them. Maybe. Oh, my fucking God. Maybe. Uh, I can't think of any series is good right now. Like, do you consider mixtapes? Like, the soul tapes and stuff like that, too? Yeah, but it's on, there's only three of those. Hmm. Kanye's college series. I mean, that's, that's I ain't even going to hold you. The, the Squad series are better than the Carter series. Man, we can move on on that note. I ain't even going to hold you. That Squad 1, 2, 3, 4 is better than that Carter 1 through 5. That's not true. A fact. That's not true. That is a fact. Fact. Best series, man. I need y'all Fact. to let us know what is the best hip hop series. That, that, that might not even be Wayne best series because <laughs> uh, you got the the squads, and drought. You got the the droughts, and uh, it's the drought the shit he did with drama, right? No, yeah, those are dedications. Yeah, you got the dedications. Come on, man. He got some series. That's true. That's, that's a rapping motherfucker, right though. Yeah, he's a rapping motherfucker. Um, All right, what we got last? Yeah, man, last up. I've been T- waiting on this one all day. T.I. versus Lil Wayne. If you guys have been paying attention on social media, T.I. has been on 10. He clearly listened to the podcast last week and thought that uh, our yes. idea of 50 versus him on the versus battle would be good. So he has been bringing the noise, calling 50 Cent to the stage for the next versus. We know that we want to see it. Do you believe it will happen, though? Uh no. Damn. And the reason that I don't believe it will happen is because of what we said earlier about 50 Cent. Uh, 50 Cent is a very calculated person. He takes himself very seriously. And I don't think that he is... Uh, he ain't open-minded enough to sit in a room with T.I. and take this ass whooping. Because that's exactly what it will be when the king, when he pull up to the king. Like T.I. was asking and requesting. I hear a lot of people in New York talking about this and that. I like how T.I. is framing it as people been dismissing the South and this and that for years. I think he's doing a great job to stir it up and, and make it to where it's going to be hard for 50 to say no uh, but I just don't think that 50 has the – he ain't got that what we were talking about as far as being – he can't sit there and take it. And mm-hmm. I think that he it would be a, a, a real shit show for him. 50 got some work, don't get me wrong, but he can't compete with Tip. Like Tip going to spank him. I have several questions. Um, okay. First of all, I, I do think T.I. would ultimately win. I do. Ultimately win. I do. I do. That's disrespectful to the king. I <sighs> – my qu- here's here's a couple of questions. Okay. Objectively, who who would win the features battle? Because that's an that's a battle within the battle. If we being uh, honest, because a lot of times people play shit that they're featured on. We're like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Mm. Who would win the feature battle between Fifty and Ti? 
Hmm. I'm not sure what T.I.'s features are. So I, I, may, I may give this a slight edge to 50. Absolutely I can't not. think of no big T.I. features. What you got for T.I. features? Soldier, what is it? Destiny Child song? Well, well he wouldn't play that, though. Um, shout out to Destiny's Child, though. But Ain't I? Um, he will play right. that. Shoulder Lean. Okay, yeah, Shoulder Lean. Um, uh, uh, Blurred Lines of Robin Thicke, he'd play that. Mm. He played that for sure. He's got some features. Ti's got some features. That's off the dome, though. Don't nobody hold me to the rest of that shit. I can't sit here and just reel off Ti features off the top of my head. But you got hated or love it with fifty. 50. Yeah, yeah. And you got uh, this is how we do. True. With fifty. Magic stick. Would he play that? Just, he would play that. Magic stick. Cause Ti got a better song with Lil Kim, don't he? He does. Ain't it the song with Lil Kim on the Urban Legend? Oh, it might be. It might be. Yeah. Oh, and then a swagger like us too. Ti on that. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Like Ti got big. Like I said, Ti. Like I was just saying about the fail breakdown when we were talking about that. Like, why are you playing? Like you playing with Jada Kiss? You should have just just continued to just hit him over the head with undeniable hits. Cause Fab got twenty of those. But yep. when you start trying to play another game with a nigga. Nah, like Tip gonna beat him over the head with big boy records. You can go find all that G Unit radio shit. You can find all of that like <laughs> DJ scream and all, go find all the freestyles you want. Like all the features, gather all that shit up. Tip like still like going because Ti is as calculated as fifty years. I think Ti would take this a lot more seriously. He's he's a lot more. Cunning than I than Fifty Cent. I don't think Fifty Cent putting together no track list unless Fifty Cent hire a team of people to help him, mm. and he might get some shit off. But other than that, man, if he just got to sit down and come up with twenty against Ti twenty, man, he can get up out of here. Hold on, Mike. What was your other question you had? My other question is: Will either one of them play a solo song past twenty ten? Oh, <laughs> man, that's rough right there. <laughs> <laughs> when did uh, T.I. gotta have a solo song on that uh, uh, one of them man are we sure got to I just made, if you're a Spotify listener man I just put a playlist of Curtis versus Clifford man you guys go check that out man I you didn't have nothing on that past 2010 I, I, I had to I have to look it up now let me find my phone while you feel the airtime what was your other question no I, to, to answer that one I think 50 would have one what's that uh, the power theme song. Damn, are we counting that? You, he has to play that. This is a big rich town. That's you got to play that. Mm, Fuck it. Pulling out all the stops, dude. Singles. <laughs> don't have to. TV show theme songs. Ti ain't got a theme song. <laughs> oh, I mean, yet he working on it, man. Who did the Family Hustle song? I'm de- Family Hustle has a song. I didn't know that. <laughs> I totally, would ben, I totally would binge them family hustles. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Who is that? Damani on the song? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Let me see if he got something past 2010. Let me see what he, we he got. He doesn't. Here. Spoiler alert. My uh, motherfucker. Hey, he got a song with Iggy Azalea past 2010. He has a song with Izzy as It had to be someone that troubled man. And then No Mercy came out in 2010. Nigga, we about to talk about that No Mercy. It ain't <laughs> nothing he playing off that motherfucker. Trap back jumping was banging. I'm hot at you. That song was cool. That song was cool. I ain't gonna he lie. playing that and it came out in 2012. That song was cool. 
Yeah. Right. So, 50 might not have one after 2010. This is a big, rich town. Uh, that I ain't just... even his part. Like, <laughs> he, he don't even get to sing his part. Like, <laughs> do he even got a verse on there? <laughs> it's crazy that you say feature, though, because every song on that paperwork had a feature on there. Mm. Every one of them. Yeah. DZ and Watch the Duck. I don't know what that Thug. is. I don't believe it's a nigga named Watch the Duck. That's crazy. Oh, I forgot uh, he had the song with Young Thug. He said all about the money. That's yeah, I forgot about that. He got hits, man. That's true. Now it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough sledding for Fifty. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, when you blew out the wall, and he got that paperwork. Paperwork. Come on, he's man. absolutely not this. playing whatever you just got through singing. Yeah, That's what for real. He's not playing that, bro. Stop. For real song. You play that just because for real on <laughs> Fifty ain't got no for real songs. That should have played just. When I can't believe Ti doing all these uh, IGs with no haircut though. And it, really hey, yeah, boy, that nigga got the George Jefferson like twenty. 20 locked up. Listen, that nigga mad as hell. His hair, his hair won't grow and dread out. Like, he hot about that shit. That shit'll like the trying little, to do the Jay Z. He's trying to do the Jay Z Cam Newton shit. And it is not working, dude. That nigga got the little Scotty Pippen money boot to fun. Get him some hair, though. Who? T.I. got enough money to get him some hair. Yeah, he, could, he should be able to buy some hair, but it's a struggle. He right got to stay out of the. See, he been getting called to all these damn political meetings and shit, having to go down there and mail Keisha Lance Bottoms. He ain't. Been able to stay out of the public eye enough that mm. so he can't grow them dreads out like he wants to, but he is gunning for them Ti. I mean, for them Cam Newton Jay Z's though. He trying, boy. He need to get them. He need to get it together. He's, that ain't it. He got he, the George Jefferson right now. He stuck on the Scottie Pippen Buffon when he played for the Trailblazers <laughs> with the George Jefferson form on it. Scotty, the Scotty Pippen Buffon with the George Jefferson form is so nasty. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear that hat, cock it back to the side, King. Shit. Okay. All right, man. Let's get to the topic at hand. Speaking of that No Mercy album coming out in 2010, uh, mm-hmm. we felt it was a good time to revisit 2010. If you have been listening to the podcast now for a couple of years, you know we like to go 10 years back in the time machine. And then for another episode, we like to go 20 years back. So earlier this year, we already revisited 2000. Today, we are revisiting 2010. We've got some notable albums, some notable mixtapes. And a couple of uh, notable newsworthy headlines that happened in 2010. Do you recall where you were as a fan in 2010? Like, who were you leaning toward? Who were you looking forward to through this gap right here? Like, who were you into? Well, that's a great question. And I'll first start with how we were digesting music in 2010. iPods were big, if you remember. I just... I don't know where I got the big, I had the big boy iPod. What was it, 256? Yeah. Is that yeah. the 256 thing? I just bought that from somebody. I came up on it in the shuck. I can't remember how, though. But it was a, a good shuck. Tub, tub, something like that. Okay? And we had just <laughs> moved down here. And I was working a little job where I, with my commute, I used to bang the iPod. Yep. It was a long-ass commute. And most of my music was, you know, you would put it on shuffle and you just go. You listen to it that way. So it would be a lot of older music because wasn't a lot of good new shit coming out. Mm-hmm. So mixtapes were big. Yep. I know it was for me. It was a lot of little Boosie. Uh, you were listening to Boosie in 2010. I promise. These is facts. Oh Are you serious? God. This mixtape run like it was a lot. That's when I became like that's probably when he was my favorite rapper between this time. Jesus. 2008 to 2010. Before right before he got locked up. Damn. But a lot. It was a lot of little Boosie. Um, I remember that young Dro came out somewhere in between here. 
Mm. And I was listening to that a lot. That was one of my favorite albums. I don't think it was this year. It may have been the year before, maybe a year after. But somewhere in here, I know this young Dro came out. But I just remember a lot of Jeezy. Mm, uh, yeah. A whole lot of Jeezy. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that being the thing, like getting shit to find it, putting on your iPod, transferring CDs to iPod. I remember that was right in the time as to where that was the big thing, finding stuff to throw on your iPod, new mixtapes. We had just moved down here to the A. I remember using your CD book, all the No Limit CDs that you had, and trying to put those on my iPod. Yep. So you would have them because you couldn't get them. You couldn't buy them nowhere. Nah. But if you transferred it from there to iTunes, and then you dragged it to your iTunes thing, then you could have it on there. There was a whole lot of shit you kids ain't got to deal with. Streaming services, you got it easy. Please trust me and believe it. But I remember that's where I was with it. The iPod was a really big deal. And I remember just listening to a lot of shit off my iPod, downloading a lot of mixtapes, uh, not having to haul around CDs anymore. And just just that iPod was my lifeline. Like that shit got me through like walking, going yep. wherever I had to go and just every song that I did. Like it was like every song that you ever had was in there that you ever wanted. You could add it within a couple of seconds. That was before you could do it on your phone and shit, and it was just different. Like it was, I remember just how pivotal in 2010 an iPod was to my music listening. What about you? You, you had to walk ten miles in the snow with no shoes on and shit. Thanks, man. Up the hill both ways. God damn. <laughs> nah, it's the same here. You know, iPod. I'm an iPod goat. First nigga in the hood with the iPod. Shout out to me. Um, what? I, I was it. I don't remember that. Fuck out of here. I don't remember that. iPod was a lifesaver. Um, but I was listening to, listen, I was mixtape heavy, obviously. This was when you can still tell the difference between an album and a mixtape. Mm. Um, there was a clear definition between the two. Heavy on Ross around this time. He was building up his wave. Um, I think Jeezy 2, for sure, definitely heavy on the Jeezy. Lil Wayne had fell off at this point. This is when the Wayne we knew of, like, 07 <laughs> was... You know, he had been abducted by aliens and shit. Like, I don't, we don't know what happened to this Wayne right through this gap. Um, but it was a new wave of young cats coming along that we'll get to in just a second, though, that kind of carried the torch to where we are right now. So just getting into some of these notable albums of 2010, speaking of Lil Wayne and the fall off, he dropped two this year. Mm. Rebirth, which was his rock and roll experimental album, which was ass. Ooh, shit was some slow. And then that mm. I Am Not a Human Being, he dropped later in the year. Oh for two for awesome. Wayne in twenty ten. And a banging ass single on uh, that uh I'm single. That I'm single was fire. That was bang. And I'm almost certain Drake wrote that. Drake wrote that. <laughs> I bet a million on it. It's a whole story out there about, I think, how he took it from Drake because he needed it right then through that gap. Ooh. But that song was fired on. I'm about to take the coupe to Collins. Who <sighs> that was at one? I ain't listened to that in so long. That shit banging. Speaking of Drake, Thank Me Later, okay. his debut album came out. Mm. Underrated. Did you know that? Underrated? His debut album is underrated. Talking about Drake's debut album is underrated. How is that possible? People don't talk about it enough. Man, everybody talks about his classic, or if he has one, he or if he doesn't. One. But this, if he does have an album that's a classic, this is probably the closest thing to it. People don't say that. They say "Take Care" is. That's why I say this is underrated. I don't think it's underrated though. Thank Me Later is think, really good. Thank Me Later is banging. <laughs> 
Like that Jay Z verse on there is fucking superb. Yes, a fact. And light it up. Oh my god, I'm listening to that as soon as we get done. But <laughs> I don't think that that's underrated. I think that it's up there. I mean, that's if not his first best and his second best album easily, right? Mm. I think that's regarded in that way. But but it was also like as big as that mixtape was, as it's. You still expected more from that album because that mixtape was so big. If that makes sense, that, and that's why like, it's underrated, bro. Because it's the, the album is fire. If you listen to it again, you're like, damn, that's yeah, really good. That's really, really good. You're right. Um, Ross Teflon Don came out this year. Ross' best album is Life. Before uh, the Teflon Don came out, though, that goddamn BMF was went. Wildfire mayhem in the streets. That's true. That was probably one of the biggest singles in hip hop history. That was a huge moment. That 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 single had that BMF was different. That BMF was different. You heard that a lot. Barbershops in the streets. You heard that BMF. That shit was everywhere. Let's be very clear. Pop singles. What? BMF is top ten hip hop singles. It has to be. Man, come on. You just had to go too far. Has to be. You can't name 10 singles better than BML. What? You can't. It's impossible. Bruh. It's, it, listen, it's probably Ross's biggest single. Like, screen-wise. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was bigger than Hustling. Yeah. Hustling was big. That BMF. Like, people didn't even know who Big Meech was. I would, which surprised me. I remember vividly having a conversation this year. And people... I, the person was like, "This year, you talking about 2010?" Excuse me, th- I mean this year. Uh, speaking of 2010, okay. In in this year of 2010, and the person was like, "I don't know who Big Big Meech is or Larry Hoover. I just like the song, and I, I that, that floored me. I couldn't believe that." Mm. They got to watch more um, American Gangster series on BET. Facts. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna lie. After those albums, this this year is a wash. I don't do your boy like that. Who? Their debut number one album. Who? My chick bad, my chick good. <laughs> Your man. I see a Luda. That's when Ludacris was still putting out stuff. I see a Luda. Uh, Battle of the Sexes. I'm surprised this was the number one album in 2010. I thought Ludacris was done. That's because you hated on Ludacris since 20, 2001. That's absolutely not true. I just didn't know he was this big. I have never hated on Ludacris. I always say he can rap. This always surprises me. Uh, another notable, we ain't getting into mixtapes yet, right? Not yet. Okay, I was not about to name another notable. B.O.B., The Adventures of Bobby Ray. That's not notable. What? No, that nothing not. on you was probably the biggest single of that year. I'm not gonna, the was single was banging. big. This, who was that, Bruno Mars? Who was that on that song? It's B.O.B. Oh, yeah, I think it is Bruno Mars. That song was huge. B.O.B.'s career never quite equaled out to the to the level of that single though even though he was talented though man young dro was telling the story on uh no jumper he's on that recently and um he said that he found bob and took bought him from him he purchased the uh what <laughs> he had bob as an artist <laughs> tip was like i know you're not gonna do nothing with that how much you want for him Mm. It was either from Dro or from other nigga that Dro know, but oh Tip was God. like, 
the tip was like clearly like y'all niggas ain't y'all don't know what to do with this how much you want and the dude told him two fifty. Tim said, "Man, get the fuck out of here." <laughs> uh, but I don't know what they ended up doing. He definitely ended up taking another notable was that Scarface dope man music. He tried to do the group thing. Not his best moment in that. Yeah, he got some dope ass bars. He got some dope ass bars on there, but I ain't like them other two niggas really. Album not that bad though. Bun B Trillo G Five Mics and the Source. If y'all remember, that's who. That was the first Bun B solo album. No, this was the right. third. Oh, that was the third one. Yeah. Ah, yeah, man, that one. It How did they get cool. five mics, Mr. Listen to Everything? Um, I, hell, fuck, I don't know. I, like, so, yeah. the source, first of all, people probably didn't even remember that the source was still around in 2010. So they had to make some type of splash, some type of headline. Shout out to Bum B. He's a legend. Shout out to the source. That's a legendary publication. They yeah. fucked they fucked up on this though. That is not a five mic album. It's not a classic, man. It's just not. What would you rank it? What would you put that? Uh, it was a, it was a strong three and a half. It's banging though. Wow, that's a big difference from five mics. Big Boy dropped an album this year. Sort of Lucius Leftwood, the man, son man, of Chico Dusty, which is the funniest album name in history. Listen, man. Big it, Boy. Was that big? big Boy fucking up his status in the rap. Uh, history books by dropping these subpar solo albums, and it began with that album right there. I was gonna say that was the first one, right? That motherfucker's some slaw. Is it? Oh, it wasn't that bad. He can't, he can't make solo music. Some people just can't make solo music. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people work better as a group. He's he a prime slow, example. He needs to slow his tempo down on the slower, or like I mean, on his solo albums. Like he's going too fast. Andre gave you, I think him and Andre, probably Andre was slowing him down on some of those songs on Outkast, but he's like just, it's just, just too like rock and rollish. I don't know what the fuck that is, man. But I agree with you. Fat Trash. Joe, the Dark Side Volume One, fire. You're a big Fat Joe fan. I wouldn't go that far. Fi- Fat Joe, fire. Niggas got Fat Joe discography completely fucked up. Really? Yeah. Do, do people write for Fat Joe? How does yeah, that work? I think so. Yeah. Got to, right? I think Remy Ma did at one point, which is nuts. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's Fat Joe. Like, but he right. his ear for beats is ridiculous, though. Mm, would you listen to a Lil Wayne executive produced by Fat Joe album? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. That'd be banging. Ooh. That could work. That definitely could work. Your boy C. Murder had an album this year. Did you know that? Um, I Ball-O. did. Yeah, we those are this this is stuff that we do not speak of. I don't want to hear anything from somebody rapping on a pen in jail. I don't want to hear that shit. A little flip ahead of my time. No, you just naming shit at this nuts. point. Nuts. Um, in twenty ten, that's nuts. That's true. Ahead of my time, little flip. Shout out to Eight Ball and MJG. They signed a Grand Hustle in twenty ten and dropped Ten Toes Down. Is that I, you don't want no drama? That was with Puff, though. Wasn't that it? was with Puff when they signed with Bad Boy. I would love to get Ti's thoughts on signing Eight Ball to MJG and what went wrong because this project was not it. Mm. Not what? it at all. Uh, it was just one album too, wasn't it? it yeah, that's it. It was just a one album deal for no reason. I, I, I need to. I'm hoping there's more to that than we know. I would love to hear that story. You're right. Um, Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, too. Yeah, you just name the shit now. You don't like Kid Cudi. I don't. This is, Kid this Cudi's is an important figure in hip-hop. To you. Not to uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great actor, though. Uh, 
tell me what you think about your mans. I just seen one that I was going to. Oh, yeah, yeah, at Ron Browse. You definitely bought that Ron Browse. You were a Ron Browse fan in 2010. Say you weren't. Man, what was his song, man? You fucked with that Ron Browse. What was his Andy single, though? In the whip. I can't remember what that Ron Browse single was. Oh. But you definitely banged it in the whip, though. Ron Browse had the and song. The name of his song was Eat You. The name of the album was Eat the Liberum. Pop Champagne was the name of that song. <laughs> Pop Champagne. Uh, Pop Champagne. That's right there with A rap music. That shit was trash. Well, we getting A rap money. That's the same thing that's at Pop Champagne. Trash. Um, uh, Shout out to my boy for coming through at the end of the year and saving 2010. Ooh. Kanye West, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He fucked mm-hmm. around and dropped the album of the Millennial. Mm. At the end of one of the worst album years of all time, because 2010 is small. We're naming he dropped a re- yeah, we are, we are. He dropped a really good album. He dropped a almost classic, classic album, is what you're <laughs> trying almost to say. Classic. Yeah, that's a great fucking... album. That's a great fucking album, right there. That's easily the best album of this year. Nah, that's the mm-hmm. end. That's what that was. And that Teflon Don is banging. Is that a cla- is Teflon Don a classic? Absolutely. I don't even think it's like. Debatable. It's one through twelve. Like no, like it ain't. It, there's not one bad song on that album. Um, I'm skipping Ross the song with Puff. Ripping though. it too. You 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 skipping that, but Ross still ripping it too though. That's fair. But Damn I'm Puff skipping that. that. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, real quick though, Nicki Minaj debut album Pink Friday. Mm. That came out this year. That came out 2010. Came out the same day as Kanye did. Did it? Yeah, I didn't even realize. I don't think I've ever listened to that album before. It's not bad. Um, Lloyd Banks, Hunger for More Two. Mmm. Some slaw. He was gonna name. This is probably around the time that Fifty stopped fucking with Lloyd Banks because he announced on his Twitter that he was going to name this album the Hunger for More Two. And later in the day, at Twitter at that time, it's nuts. But later in that day, G Unit's official Twitter said that is not the official name of the album, and they are still working. On a concrete concept, so Why the I think fuck that was they do that, and it came out under that name, under that name, which is weird as fuck. It goes to show if you listen to that, like, really recommend you listen to Fifty's book, but the creative differences that he started to have with Lloyd Banks and all of G Unit, I think you can start to see him in 2010. That's true, shit like that. Uh, um, last thing, Ti, no mercy. Dang it! What? Uh. No fucking way. And it's an above average album. Don't do that though. And it was supposed to be called King Unchained. Yeah, until he got locked up that year. He had to change the name of it because he didn't feel like that it would be uh you know, consciously correct. No, he didn't feel like it would be good. King Unchained is terrible. That ain't a bad name. Nah, that name is trash. Better than no mercy? No, it's trash. Uh, I'm not sure. Big L dropped a good. Are these Big L albums that came out this year? What is that about? How, nigga, are these I, real albums? I have no fucking. You not a Big L fan? Big L was dope, but yeah. I don't know anything about his album He's in 2010. All right. So those are the releases, highest selling albums of the two to 2010. You want to go over the top ten albums? You can go over top five because we got the top hell of a mixtape list. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Starting at number 10. No, I'm just <laughs> Teflon Don sold 176,000 first week, debuted at number two. 
Lil Wayne's Rebirth sold 176,000 as well. Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday went for 375 first week. That Drake Thank Me Letter 447 first week. Oh yeah. Top two albums of 2010 sales wise. Number two, your man's Kanye West with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy 496,000 sold first week. It's impressive. Eminem had the number one album in 2010 will recover. And any guess on how many he sold first week? 700? 741,000 mm. copies to the man. Shout that album to is terrible, too. It is absolute garbage. Ooh, that's a bad album. Even absolute he'll say that. Absolute garbage. You shit it on that Sir Lucius Left Foot. It's one of the highest critically reviewed albums metrically of that year right behind that Kanye West and right above the roots how I got over which is why we started a podcast because <laughs> motherfuckers don't know what they're talking about that's writing music the number 10 album on that list is John Legend and the Roots Wake Up by the way just in case you were wondering nah we weren't listen the mixtapes let's get to the real reason we're even talking about 2010 or why 2010 is not erased from the history books mixtapes that came out in 2010 were fucking insane mm. let me get made the mixtape game it, it did it did kendrick lamar overly dedicated mm. which is complete flames underrated you want to talk about underrated that's a good point very that's underrated number. um then we had jeezy trapper die too let's go Oh my god. Let's go probably the best mixtape ever. Wow. Yes, Trapper absolutely. Oh, I thought you saw Trap of Die. Never mind. This <laughs> um Crit was Trapper here. Trapper Die 2 was alright though. Trapper Die 2 was yeah. nice. And Crit was here? Classic. Banging. Um, I couldn't believe uh I was just so refreshed listening to that. I was I I had a new I thought I had a new favorite rapper mm. when I listened to this uh, from front to back the samples subject matter Big Crit was like I thought that that nigga was gonna be Pimp C, 2010 and beyond. Yeah, now that that mixtape is ridiculous. Um, mm. Rick Ross, Albert Anastasia. Actually, he Fuck dropped it. two tapes this year: Ashes to Ashes and Albert Anastasia. Both of which were fucking banging. That's true. Yeah, um, he had to put that album down the stage, y'all, because that BMF caught so much steam. Exactly, that's what like, that's what that BMF, BMF was originally was so on. Fucking big, yeah. Like he had to go ahead and put that out, do that album on the stage and the album. Like you can't have a single that big and not put an album out in the same year. Absolutely, like, a waste. Not, put a, not put an album out at least two months later. Right. Um, so. J Cole Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Yes, sir. That got you underrated. That's, no. This is a classic. No, it's not. No, it's facts. No, you had it at underrated, and you took it a step too far. Do you like this or the warm up better? Warm up. Get out of here, bro. Facts. This Barbie rapping his ass off on this Friday Night Lights. I ain't gonna lie, he got a song on this Friday Night Lights though. That premeditated murder. Oh my god. On oh, what beat is that he jacked? Man, what I beat is that on? That's on the jet. I can't remember. No, people people let us know in the comments what beat that was on, but he jacked a beat on that premeditated murder and absolutely slaughtered it. Wiz Khalifa cushion orange juice. Top tier mixtape right there. Like upper echelon. 
We've named oh, like at least three or four classic mixtapes, do I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that cushion orange is stupid today. Facts. That is a fact. And I was I was sidetracked. I was trying to look and see what the premeditated murder beat was. But that cushion orange juice is like people still bring that up to like that's 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 Wiz Khalifa's like essential album. Like, you know, they have that album that that, that puts you on and like puts you on another level. That 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 cushion orange juice did something different for him. He's he's one of few rappers that have a classic mixtape but don't have a classic album. Mm. That is. That's one. He's he's got that because that makes. Why do you think that is though? That's a spectacular question. You could argue it's the producer, because the producer that he was with on that mixtape it just fit his sound perfectly. But when he got into the the major label shit, you know they want they need you to do the big records, the big stadium joints, the black and yellow. Yeah, yeah, you need the big boy records like that. Well, I mean, black and yellow was cool though, but but those that's the the, the the I don't think Wiz gets enough credit for doing the black and yellow type songs because that really ain't his vibe like his vibe is cushion orange juice if he did music like that he probably wouldn't be as big he wouldn't be Wiz Khalifa that's true but it would be a lot better the quality of not to say he makes bad music anything like that but this just was able to capture like Wiz Khalifa and it's very rare that an artist does that like this captured him like 100%. Gangster Grills was heavy in 2010. Fabulous, there is no competition, too. Yeah, that was cool. Crazy. He's spitting on there. Um, Meek Mill. Freddie Gibbs came out. What, what, you ain't gonna talk about your mans? Uh, straight killer, no filler? Facts. Yep, yep. That was a little right. bit before my time. I didn't get on him until the next project, though. Mm, gotcha, okay. Um, that Meek Mill Flamers 3 was a Gangster Grills as well. That's what put a lot of people on Meek Mill. I think he had House Party on there. If I'm mm. not mistaken, um, right around the time he was signed to Grand Hustle. But then remember, T.I. got locked up, so then he uh, Meek Mill wanted to be released, and he granted that to him. He cut his hair, joined MMG, and the rest is history. That's a fact. Uh, Chris Brown in my zone, you let people tell it, that mixtape is fire. And I don't believe it, but a lot of people say it is. No, I've never listened to a Chris Brown album before, ever in my life. I just never have. He make, he make pretty good music. I don't have anything against Chris Brown. I just never took time out to listen to his one. This is the one that I should start with. I haven't heard What's this one, but a lot of people oh. say it's tough, though. Mm. Your man's Wale, More About Nothing, started this series that he did with Seinfeld. This was a staple in his catalog. That Wale mixtape is a nice project. Um, nice project. It made, a lot, it made a lot of noise, too. It made a lot of noise. That's a good project, for real, for real. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, that was the second one he did in the um in the old Seinfeld series. That was my. He got a song on there called "White Shoes," and he got one called "The Pessimist" with J. Cole. That's oh that's on his album. That's oh. not the mixtape. That ain't the same thing. No. He didn't have an album called this. The he one with a, Jerry talking on there. Yeah, album is more about, about nothing. nothing. Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of something different. Ah, uh, so this was some slaw then. That's hate. <laughs> this was some slog compared to that. A couple of notable ones. I had a Prince Royal flush. Nothing. Yeah. Um. No, he was rapping his ass off on her. Like yeah. we need this side back. Actually, or he need to do these mixtapes or something. Like this side right here made you think that this dude right here was coming for the crown at some point. He's let us now. 
That's a fact. Uh, Mac Miller kids. That's a fan favorite for Mac Miller fans. Mm. And that's a classic movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, T.I. Fuck a Mixtape. I don't remember what that sound like. It was he had a big single. I remember that. It was when he first got out of jail. I can't remember nothing like nothing jumps out at me from that. I don't think though. Yeah, two more champions here. Three Jada Kiss. Um, he got a banging song on there. It's like, is that the one with Letter the Big on there? Oh, if that's the one with Letter the Big. Yeah, he got a, he got a banging a couple banging little pocket songs on there, but those the tape at home didn't uh, really get you what you wanted. Cameron Boss of All Bosses two. There's some shit on there. Is it? Yes. And one with him and Votto? There's some sh- um Votto might be on this heavy. But there was some shit I think on it's here. Featuring Votto. Like that's they cold they cold headliners on this. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then this this got some shit on there. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cam was trying to figure himself out. I think he had just started like a new group, like the UN or some shit. He was trying to figure things out. <laughs> but he has Votto some your man's too. Votto, 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 every Votto album, he'll have one song, and it'll be a sample, and it'll be fucking insane, and that'll be it. Some He had one song that he should have gave to beat to somebody else. Exactly. He should have broken that motherfucker out to a bigger artist that could have gave you way more shit on that. But Votto do be having a banger on there and then, and that nigga can rap, too. Now he can Worst speak. mistake of his life was signing with DJ Khaled. Oh, my God. That was the of his life. I know he's still mad about that. And he's still signed to DJ Khaled. I don't believe that. Tough. They live in Miami and everything. Two more and then we <laughs> out. Joe Budden Moon Music 4. Classic. I don't believe you that. You want to talk about a great series? That whole series bang. Now That series is tough. I think I prefer three if I remember correctly. Joe Budden has uh, the best in this Moon Music series. I'm not sure if it's four or three, but he got the best story song ever ever called secrets yeah that's well, crazy about... it's nowhere near the best story ever Dude, but it's fire though go check out the archives when we rated the best stories ever that's true we uh, do have an episode on, about on that. deck tv podcast we have an episode about it and i said it then and i'll say it now as song by joe easily the best story in hip-hop history Last but not least, Big Sean, Finally Famous 3. This is the project that put him in the spotlight, too. Yeah, this got Sean on there. This is like Detroit got him buzzing and people were talking about him, but this is what put Big Sean. This is what made Big Sean Big Sean. Uh, yeah. Like, this is when the nigga took off. This is the ass, ass, ass Big Sean. Yeah, he took Uh-oh. off on that motherfucker. Now, looking back at this 2010 year, <clears throat> clearly this is a time when albums were one thing. Mixtapes were another, and this mm-hmm. was the transition from mixtapes basically being albums. <laughs> like a lot of the stuff we named, there's a couple of Jack beats spread out through all of these, but most of these are original music. So right. this was the turning point of mixtapes really having <clears throat> like blurring the lines to albums, which is why the album list is so light, but the mixtape list is so heavy. Really, if this was 2020, this would all just be under albums. Yeah, facts. And, and it would balance itself out, honestly. Projects is what they would be. Exactly. They'd be projects. So it all works out at the end of the day. Yeah, this I think this was around the time, too, when drama was really eating. And did, did the feds come kicking his door around this time? Oh. Um, was this about the time the FBI came? Yeah, man. Um, they, they, but, they put a stop to all of that shit. But, um, 
Yeah, the mixtapes had gotten to the point where I was 2007 when it happened. Uh, but mixtapes had gotten to the point where people were starting to feel that they could make more money, get more marketability off those than their albums. And you could see from the attention that was showed from just the ones that we named how good they were, uh, where it was switching to and what was happening. But we definitely enjoyed it as fans. DJ Drama had a lot to do with that. Uh, I think that DJ Drama was probably him, Lil Wayne. I would give the most credit to, from a Southern perspective, people on the East Coast would probably say 50 and Dipset. Uh, but I go with Lil Wayne, Drama, and Tip. And I'm not sure what they would listen to on the West Coast at this time. But Man, was West Coast niggas making mixtapes? I'm not. That's a great Somebody question. Somebody feel us in. Yeah, our LA listeners, we love to know. Like in 2010, was Nipsey popping? I think Nipsey, Ooh. them Nipsey albums might have been out. Like he might have been doing it. Yeah, I, like on a mixtape level. I think Bullets Ain't Got No Name series was in it full did. swing around it, this time. Yep, and Game, of course, probably was doing shit as far as mixtapes. Dom, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you know. Uh, but yeah, like all that to say that drama played a big part in taking the mixtapes from 2000 and maybe six to 2010, where we seen the importance of it continue to increase and be the, the, the probably the most important thing in your catalog over your album. Because artists, I think that they look at it, you tell me what you think, they probably looked at it in the sense of the album is for the radio, it's for the label, but these mixtapes is what I'm going to make my money off of because that's when to get people to come to shows and that's what's going to get people to come out and I'll put that money straight in my pocket. This was before 360 deals and shit like that were really in full swing. So those mixtapes were for your club performances where you're going to pick up 30 to 40,000 for a night. You do the whole mixtape and you out of there. You know, you may never touch an album cut. So I think that that's a true. lot of artists looked at it like that and that's how they were and why they were able to get another bag for those mixtapes. Yeah, I agree, man. Y'all let us know what y'all favorite mixtape is of 2010. There's a lot of shit to choose from. You can make a playlist of, of fire-ass songs off mixtapes from 2010, and shit would be fucking amazing. Yeah, they need to start dropping these on uh, streaming sites. That know, is very uh, true. I think Cushion OJ is on streaming sites. Big Crit Was Here was just released on streaming sites. Wayne is doing himself a disservice not to have all of his mixtapes on Wayne, um, you know, uh, streaming sites. He need to figure out a way to get that done. All those G Unit series, all of those cheesy mixtapes, Bootsy, Gucci. Mm. Like, I can't figure out why that shit ain't on streaming sites. Man, yeah, a lot of clearance issues with a lot of that shit, though. Probably. That's a problem. Um, hey, let's get if this I out of here, man. Site, I just buy that piff. Like, if I were Apple Music, I just buy that piff. You can probably get it for the low, too. Tough. I'm coming in buying that piff or buying Spinrella or just purchasing that whole thing and figuring out how to make it coincide with my stream and shit. That That's would be hard. You're going to get more people sign up for that, tough. Uh, to end, we're handing out some wins and some losses as we do over here at the On Deck TV podcast. Before we get out of here, the first W goes to our man's 21 Savage. What he did was launched a financial literacy course bank account at home, teaching the kids how to manage their money. Big shout out to him for this, man. Listen, I love what 21 Savage <clears throat> is doing with this. Like financial literacy is imperative 
in the real world, and we are not taught that shit in high school. If you go to college, you might get some good game there. If you have a nice after-school program in your neighborhood, you might get some game there. Or if your parents are up on top of shit, you might get some good game there. Those are three mites. We need more shit like this from 21. Getting that financial literacy to the kids early so they know about credit. They know about credit cards, interest rate, all of that shit that we now learn as adults. Mostly thirty dollars or $40,000 in debt too late. So yep. big shout out to Twenty One Savage. I'm I'm fucking with this heavy. Facts, man. I appreciate everything that he's done. He's been kind of quiet since everything that happened with the uh, the uh, ice. Yeah, the ice issue. But most definitely, I'm supporting this, and I I want it to grow and be as big as it could possibly be. Learning about money is very important. Um, I once had some. I once heard someone say. The most important thing that you can learn about money is what it does. It's more important than having it. So once you start figuring out what money can do for you, you know, it's a lot more important than even having money because hey. you got to know what to do with it when you get it. 50, 50 Cent had a quote that said, um, I didn't start to get I didn't start to be rich until my money made money for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that listen, that shit is really real. But you just you got to learn how to make money, make money for you, though. Yep, you gotta make money work. If you learn when you learn how to make money work, that's when you become on the right track. Another W for Pop Smoke. He released a posthumous album. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Juice World, both. What well, Juice World comes out this Friday? Um, did you listen to that Pop Smoke? I did, and it was some look cool. Uh, most posthumous albums, honestly, are just okay. They're kind of pieced together after the fact, unfortunately. Um, it, it's cool. I, I, you could tell he was trying to transition into a new sound. Uh, the song like, Fifty, man. The song Fifty is cool. There's a couple joints on there. He actually redid Many Men. I thought was was super tough. Um, but I just I, I prefer the drill sound. I think he had a little bit more, um, a little bit more miles in the tank with that sound first before he started experimenting with the harmonizing and stuff because everybody already does that. Uh, but uh, it's still a couple of joints on that that I rock with, and I'll revisit it a little bit later on just to get a full grasp of it. And Juice World comes out Friday, so super shout out to him too, man. Rest in peace, Juice World. He's got he he was a studio guy too, man. So he got some new music coming out. I like the single that they dropped. Though. I thought that shit was actually pretty dope. This album kind of made me understand why Pop Smoke was so popular. Mm. Uh, that. Man, if he had it been a continue, had it been able to continue to work and play with his voice like he does with that harmonizing and how different he sounds, like you're right, everybody does it, but he sounds different when he does it. That that raspy, like it, it ain't no nothing out there like that. And I think that I understand a lot more now why people were so excited about him because he had a lot of potential to do stuff with that voice. Uh, so it's very unfortunate what happened. Yeah, and and, and people talk about. See, and that's the thing. That's why I gravitated to him on that drill sound. I thought, his, his, they, see, this this project real quick to me took away his two best assets, which were his voice and his flow. Like his voice is really like Lloyd Banks ish, but he mm-hmm. can flow with like the twenty twenty Migo style flow. So you really haven't heard anybody with that voice match that flow before. At least I haven't. And I thought they took that away by switching up his production and slowing down his voice and auto-tuning. I thought they I thought they took away from his two biggest assets. That's my problem with it. But again, I'm gonna revisit it though. Yeah. 
also from that, before we move on, uh, your man's young thug put out a tweet today, and he was upset. He was upset that Pusha T took time out on Pop Smoke's song to address the Drake beef. And he went to his IG and he said that he would have never let him on the song <laughs> had he knew uh, that he would have took that time out to beef. And he said these rap niggas is uh, pussies, I think is what he said. And then Pusha T went on to respond to clarify a couple of things to give them the T, as the kids would say. Mm. Uh, Pusha T went on to, one, let Young Thug know that he requested him to be on the song. And it was <laughs> his verse already done by the time <laughs> the young Doug was reaching out to do it. Uh, another clarification that he wanted to make is that Aubrey, your man's Drake, has been making phone calls and putting cease and desist orders out on his verses when he's mentoring, mentioning Drake, which I found very interesting. And last but not least, Pusha T does not give a fuck. And I'm quoting here. What you rap niggas think? Because he's know not what? trying to impress y'all. Uh, what I think, Thoughts? I think it's funny. You're not a rap nigga, so I guess you can comment. This is true. I think it's funny that the Pusha T gets the most attention when he mentions Drake now. Oh, get the fuck out of That's here, That's the man. only time we talk about Pusha T, bro. That is not true. Let's look at the last like, 20 that's, times that's, he's been brought up on this show. Ah, fuck out of here. Jay-Z this, Jay-Z that. <laughs> what you niggas get front page news when you say Jay-Z name? Come on, dog. So, <laughs> get so, some business about yourself. Where's the King Push album, fam? Where is that? <laughs> Can we get that, please? Can we get no material? Fucking idiot. And now you're campaigning for the president. We probably had a King Push album. Drop, that's another story. You drop an album every three years with seven songs on it. Can we get a fucking project, please? Can you do that? Pusha T is only responding to shots that were thrown by Drake, if we're being fair, right? Like Drake has been throwing sneak disses since he got washed up in a beef, right? So, like, no. for Pusha T to respond. And for Drake to make a call and say, oh, I don't like how he's talking still. Can you kind of take that song off? That ain't really hip-hop to me. Yeah. I may be different. May have came from a different era. And as far as the getting attention when he talks about Drake, I mean, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. But, I mean, if niggas dunk on LeBron, they're going to continue to talk about it too. Like, if I clean a nigga like LeBron up out on the floor, you the big dog out here, and I made light work of you, then I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna nail this fucking, I'm going to nail this home every time that I get a chance and let niggas know that I whooped his ass until you can do something about it. If Drake wants him to stop being, if Drake wants to stop being bullied, how about, <laughs> how about you come and hit the bully in the mouth? How about that? Still we, crying to the fucking teacher. He's talking about me. Y'all we, gotta let this ride? We will when that album come out. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And then he gonna make calls and make sure Pusha T can never respond to him. And so Pusha Drake-ish. T Pusha T ain't got them kind of he ain't got that kind of Rolodex to make he plays need like it. Because we're like Pusha T is from a different era, a different cloth per se. Like I don't, I don't have to call my boss and say, Are y'all gonna let that come out? Oh my God. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, Drake was making calls. Every time Pusha T put a verse out that was mentioning him to Pusha T's label, trying not to get the verse cleared, trying to get the verses removed, edited, whatever. Allegedly. 
No, this happened. This is 100% happened. And the last L of the week before we get out of here goes to your mans. This is a wild story. 40 Glock. 40 Glock got caught prostitute, trying to prostitute a woman out on Backpage in some weird state like Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is not the first time uh, that this has happened to 40 Glock. Uh, thoughts? Big boy L. First of all, you in a random ass state. This nigga was what? in like North Dakota. No, he was in Minnesota. What are you doing in Minnesota? First off, you're from LA. What are you doing in Minnesota? And what are you doing getting caught up in a sting operation on prostitute women on Backpage? Like, nigga, it's super L. He got to do time behind this and everything. Like, yeah, he got to do a year. <laughs> That's how he getting his bread. Uh, Shit. so this is the second time that this has happened to him. This is nearly three years ago that this happened the first time. So I guess, you know, he in the business, man. He pimp holes on backpacks. That's what he do, man. Clearly not, man. On this is a nigga the game beat up, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Where he was holding the phone in one hand and beating him up in the other hand. You can't do too much more rapping after the game beat you up on camera, though. So I guess. That's true. You know, you gotta they getting this nigga for sex trafficking. Jesus Christ. That's rough. Mm. Um, before we yeah, get out of here, man, on Decker of the Week, this one goes to Kodak Black. He took to Instagram to apologize for his comments about Lauren London uh, in the wake of Nipsey passing. He had made some disparaging comments, trying to say he's going to shoot his shot in X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people went in on him for that, including T.I. Um, and he apologized. He actually wrote uh, what looked to be some, like some bars on IG, mm. and I, that was really respectable of Kodak Black. So, um, in time to think, you growing up, man. He must be having true. some good counseling there with some niggas, man. Some older niggas. Shout out! I respect that move by Kodak Black, man. He uh, he is locked up. Uh, I don't know how much time he has left, uh, but you know, maybe he's turning a corner. Maybe he turn a corner. Man, so when he get out, Kodak, he can stay out. Kodak Black can be a problem if he gets the guidance. Like you, you talking about the potential to be like one of the top niggas in the game if he gets the right team around him to assist him with the things that he needs assistance with because it definitely ain't talent. He don't lack that at all. That's a fact. That's a fact, man. Put me on something for this week. I got something for you. I found a new show. Uh, it's not in rotation as far as a binge show. It comes out weekly. It's National Geographic Gordon Ramsay's Uncharted. And it's it's sort of like the uh, the joint with Anthony Bourdain used to do on CNN, where you go to different places in the world and like find shit over there and be there for a week and then cook with the shit he found over there. Mm. It's cool. It ain't Anthony Bourdain. Gordon Ramsay got a different personality, and you could tell that he's like trying not to snap on people and shit like that. So that kind of makes it entertaining. But it's it's a good watch if you like those travel shows, those travel cooking shows, like uh, some of my favorite shit. So. That is 100% worth checking out because Gordon Ramsay's a funny dude, though. At the very least, he'd be on that custom folks out and put in very awkward positions that you wouldn't expect Gordon Ramsay to be in. So it's, it's pretty funny. Um, you're the last person on earth that watches anything on National Geographic. That's the first <laughs> time. I'm watching it now. It's my shit. They're doing a marathon on the parks of America. Fascinating. Snooze fest. Um, I'm going to put you on. on. I saw that the Unsolved Mysteries... Is back on Netflix. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people already know that, but I'm telling you, I've been hearing mixed reviews saying that it doesn't match up to the throwback joint from the 90s. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, well, 
if you missed that, that the throwback episodes are now streaming on the Peacock channel, which is NBC streaming platform. Which is free on Xfinity. Uh, which is free on Xfinity. So if you want to get your unsolved mystery fix from back in the day with Robert Stack and that eerie ass uh, theme music, go check that shit out on the Peacock app. Watch it in the dark. Take you back to you when when it's 10, 11, 12 in the house. Dolo watching that shit. He's Robert Stack scared than Candyman. That nigga scared than Candyman, dude. Robert Stack was a savage. Nigga was a there. goddamn beast. It was a story I'd never fucking forget on there where his nigga was on an escalator and it was like in a mall. And he was telling the story about riding an escalator and he and the chick were the only people in the mall. And nigga said she, he was talking to her like, on his way up the escalator, nigga said she disappeared <laughs> by the time they got to the top. That's Cap, though. <laughs> he lying like a motherfucker. Man, it was a whole story about her disappearing, man. That shit was fucking crazy. But it's one story on the new one that I can't wait till you watch because uh, I definitely want to know what you think and people thought. We may need to do a like, 15-minute pod on it, but it's the one about the black dude. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you get to it. Uh, it actually happened here in Georgia. Mm. Uh, I can't wait till you see that and, and, and see what you think happened to this dude. I'm going to check it out. I saw the first episode. It was cool. I'm, I'm going to check it what out. What was the first but, episode about? Uh, the dude who jumped, who had either been pushed off of the hotel building uh, and went through the thing. That, I didn't enjoy that one because that story is out there. It was other places. I listened to a lot of conspiracy podcasts. They had talked about this before. And I mm-hmm. it was bothering the shit out of me while I was listening. I'm like, where have I heard this? And I looked through some podcasts that I heard and it was on there. Uh, the other interesting one is the one about the hairdress. I found it really fascinating, too. I'm going to check it out and have the thorough review. Um, yeah, you might do a, do, a, uh, do one of your IG lives on that. I'll hop on there with you to talk about them because those are just two really good ones to talk about. That's a 10-4, man, guys. We appreciate y'all hanging with the kids. Uh, do us a favor, patreon.com slash realville. We've got new reviews up right now. Good shit, too. Joe Budden debut album. Uh, we got J. Cole's Born Center review up there. So y'all check that out, too. Um, also, youtube.com slash realville, man. We're looking to get some video content up really, really soon. We appreciate everybody for checking in, man, as always. Yes, it's another week in the book. Support the real. We appreciate you. Also, go subscribe to my podcast feed featuring Spike Lou. We're doing the uh, different political type things over there. I'm trying to grow and get going. You guys make sure you go check that out and support that. We appreciate everything you guys do with us. Support the real for sure. Yes, sir. We out. We out.